Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, welcome back to our second super fan interview. With us, we have my co host Jen, and we have another Jennifer. Jennifer, you're in Greenville, South Carolina, is that right? No, I actually moved to the DC area since the last time we've seen each other. Ah, awesome. Uh, in northern Virginia about 30 miles south of DC. Nice so full disclosure Jennifer and I have done some events together in the past we've done some fun food and wine festivals up in the Carolinas so the last time I saw her was out of Greenville and we have stayed in touch since then. She told me the first time that she met me that she recognized me or recognized my name. How did that go? I saw your email on an email chain list and I recognized your name from Below Deck. Ah, okay. Right on. And then we've kind of stayed in touch since then. So once we started putting this podcast together and Jennifer saw that that's what we were doing with interviewing Superfans, she reached out and said she would be interested in chatting with us. So thank you for helping us out here. And she also, because everybody doesn't know, gave us our first reviews. So if you think we're not susceptible to flattery, you were wrong. We totally are. (laughs) It was a wonderful review and we thank you, but don't anybody else try to get to us that way because she was the first and only the first gets recognized. (laughs) Right. I was wondering because I didn't see any other reviews, but I also, you know, I've never really done a lot of reviews. So I don't know if I've even gone back to see my review once it's been posted, but my mom saw it and she was like, oh, you're the first. I was like, oh, cool. We've had one more since. And um, it's one of those things where I think it's a pseudonym, but I'm afraid to say that it's a pseudonym in case it's somebody's real last name. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, we really appreciate that very much. I think people who aren't in podcasting don't realize how much the ratings and reviews really do help because that's what Apple uses to promote you. If people are talking about you, it's just like anything else in the industry. If they're talking about you, then they want to push the same thing. Very true. So Jennifer, tell us how you got into Below Deck. What interested you in the first place? Yeah, so a, a lot of my family members actually kept bringing it up to me saying, Jennifer, do you watch this show? We think that you would be so perfect for this job because I have a history in food and beverage And also my mom had a cleaning business. So I have always cleaned residential on the side. And I also managed Airbnbs for before I moved to DC in South Carolina. So I was like, it's like my two worlds combined. Plus I love the water and being on boats. So I'm really disappointed that I didn't know about it when I was younger. Um, But I started Below Deck in 2016. It was when, you know, they were really hyping up Below Deck Med. And so I was able to watch April's season and May. 
was the blue deck with the, the first season of that for the Mediterranean. And so I just really watch it mainly for watching all the service aspect of it. But then the drama also is really fun. It absolutely is. Do you catch yourself looking at the food and saying, there's no way that I would put that out? Well, I've never been a chef. So mm -hmm. I am very forgiving to chefs because I'm like, it's a really hard job. My brother's a chef and we ran a little catering business together. So there have been a couple seasons that, you know, obvi the obvious ones that the food was pretty bad, but you know what? I'm just impressed to see anything that's pretty on the plate. And if the guests like it, then I'm like, oh, it's a win for everyone. Right. Where do you stand on table decor? <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, how important is that to you? Well, I'm kind of like the new stew, Katie. Mm -hmm. It's not really the decor that I'm really into first. I'm into proper setup and right. making sure it's symmetrical and the silverware is really pretty and you have everything that you need for the meal that you're eating. Mm -hmm. So it corresponds properly, but yeah, definitely um, decor is awesome. That is the second thing that I care about when it comes to a table. I, obviously Bugsy killed it. Honestly, Hannah to me towards the end of her season, when it was kind of made a big deal, you know, I wish that she would have embraced it a little more. Um, it did kind of bug me that she didn't care about it, but then I have listened to some of her interviews and she just hates doing it. It's mm -hmm. not that she's, she's like, if I could be good at it, if I wanted to be, she goes, I just hate doing it. So mm -hmm. I kind of understood that there's certain things that I don't, I don't like doing either. And, and, you know, in food and beverage and I'll avoid it at all costs. So yeah, but I mean, obviously when you can make it really stand out, then, you know, you're doing it for the client. And that's right. the most important. Well, my season, what's interesting about that, my season, we didn't have a budget for table decor because nobody thought when I told them about it to begin with that it would be interesting enough to invest any money in. I mean, we had pretty much no budget to begin with. So there's that, but they didn't see the value in the table decor. So it's funny to me that it's kind of come full circle since my initial conversations with them before we started filming about doing theme parties and making the table something that is also part of the experience as opposed to just a place where you sit down and eat. So it's interesting to see what they've done with it now and what a big deal it's become. And I think Bugsy just came out with a book maybe that that is about table decor. So that's kind of interesting that somebody from the show has launched a side project out of that. I think that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it, so I don't know what's in it, but good on her for turning that into something that she can utilize. And I think that Hannah also just came out with a table decor item. I think it, it's called Bugs Off, right? Am I misquoting that? Bugs Off and it's I to keep insects off of the table, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's to me, that is the most ironic product that she could come out with. <laughs> Very cheeky, and I like it. It's awesome. It's as cheeky as her, um, I need a volume mug, which I ordered, and I have one of my own. <laughs> That's amazing. Does Jennifer know the pillow story from your season? I don't think so. At the beginning of my season, well, before we even started filming, the production team, because I was the only person that was in Fort Lauderdale, contacted me and said, look, the interior of this boat is really drab. It's all beige and white, and there's nothing interesting that's going to pop on camera. 
we're going to send you a small budget, go to Ross or TJ Maxx or whatever it is and buy a handful of pillows that are brightly colored, but somehow nautical. And we'll throw those on the boat for a little pop of color in the common spaces where you're going to see them. And interestingly enough, the pillows continued to make reappearances in different rooms same pillows, different rooms. (laughs) So we would like take them from the salon to the master suite when the guests were in there so that they, it looked like it was really nice and pretty in there, but it's the same damn pillows. And then we put some outside too. So we kept like shifting them around depending on where the cameras were and where the guests were. It was, it was fun. (laughs) The sisterhood of the traveling pillows. I love it so much. (laughs) That's one of my favorite stories. So Jennifer, out of all of the franchises, they've got new ones that are going to be popping up, which Adrian and I are both excited about. But out of the three existing ones, what do you lean towards more? What's your favorite? The sailing yacht really has me. I didn't love the first season crew, but I loved the the whole sailing yacht platform. I thought it was cool to see how that all works. I don't know if I would want to work on a boat like that. It seems a little risky because I don't know what I would do when things start sliding around. That would freak me out. But honestly, the fit, my favorite crew has got to be last season's uh, sailing yacht. I was just so in love with that Same. crew. But, you know, again, going back to the actual job, I really loved how they were a team. And I really kind of am seeing that in this crew for the, for this uh, current season. I feel like the first episodes, they really seemed like they were going to work as a team trying to cover for Matthew. Right. Uh, so I'm really hoping that that's going to be the case because I am always down with a teamwork situation. Me too. I like it when it's cohesive and the drama comes from organic things that happen that are going to happen when you're in a tight space and things like that. I don't think that it needs to be so crazy forced. And I really, Adrian and I have talked about this before. We both loved season two of Sailing Yacht because it really wasn't toxic. It was fun. Everybody, for the most part, got along. The drama was like not career ending drama. It wasn't like they were out for blood. It was more just the caddy. That kind of drama I can deal with because it didn't put a pall over the whole season like last year on Below Deck Med. So I agree with you. I think Sailing Yacht last season was my top pick, I think, out of all the years that I've watched. And I've watched since day one. So same. I wholeheartedly agree. Jennifer, who is your favorite chef that you've seen so far? Oh, goodness. Um, You know, I mean, you got to love Ben. I mean, he's just hilarious. <laughs> and he's really good at his job. I, like I said before, I am very timid around chefs because they can be very temperamental. My brother is a chef and I totally understand that attitude. And so like once they're in a mood, I'm, I'm like, shut my mouth, stay out of the kitchen. Don't ask too many questions. Like, <laughs> Just pray to God. Duck and cover. (laughs) How can I serve this for you, sir? (laughs) Jennifer, when we worked together, did you find that I was temperamental? Were you scared of me? You kind of did your job off, you know, out of sight. I didn't really ever go into the area where you were cooking. So you just brought us food when we were really hungry. So I was like, yes. You rocked it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to working alone, obviously. Working alone in on my own little island in the kitchen or in the galley, depending on where I am. But yeah, I mean, it's a little bit different, especially when you're working with a crew of people. I mean, these guys were working hard at the festivals that we worked at. And so, you know, I made it a point to make sure that we did some really nice stuff to make sure that they knew that they were appreciated. So that's fun. What would you say 
about the, this new crew that we're looking at for below deck Mediterranean? What's your first impressions? Looking good so far. I like that the M word doesn't see any red flags so far with her deckhands. I like Katie. She's awesome. She reminds me of Asia a little bit. So I like her a lot. Courtney, I mean, she's just your typical like blonde, pretty girl. Um, Lexi, I think is going to cause some problems. She's We've she's said the same, local, exactly. Local, like camera hungry because she knows she's always dancing when she's doing laundry like she wants to always be talking so that you can record her even when she's by herself obviously the the c word i was very disappointed in her decision to do a surf and turf during the first dinner i'm like could you not have chosen a better meal like you could have looked at their preference sheet and you could have found something that they that you know how to cook i mean she's told her chefs before cook your cook what you know you know, cook what you're comfortable with. And right. they like started butchering these lobsters and really made a bad choice. And I actually listened to an interview of the primary and her husband. And they said that the surf and turf was actually what they wanted that for the wedding dinner. So if they would have read the preference sheet, they would have saved themselves a lot of just, you know. Oh, wow. That's that, interesting. That, yes. And actually they also said, this is really spilling the tea, that Sandy asked them if they wanted to cook their meal. What? Yes. And so, but they had quarantined <laughs> and cooking for themselves for seven days already. That's so insane. Like, oh my God, no, we actually, the husband said he would have grilled if, if they would have actually decided to do that. The wife was like, absolutely not. Like, and Good if you for think, her. And she said they cut it out because, you know, when she says, well, in that case, you're going to tip us. That was actually in response to, will you cook your own food? You know, that's crazy. And so that really spilt the tea for me. And I was like, and it it kind of made me feel better about why I questioned it. I'm like, why are they doing this meal? Like they, there's so many other things they could have done. They could have done, you know, pasta or they could have done charcuterie boards and, you know, just stuff that's, you know, pretty simple to make. A lot of people online were mentioning too, that they could have just ordered in because during the pandemic, most restaurants couldn't have people in anyway, Mm -hmm. because a lot of them were closed down and they could have given the business to a restaurant and had them cater it too. So yes, well, that's where the C word was really trying to make sure it maybe made it on TV. I don't know. Like let's butcher a bunch of lobsters and cook stuff that we don't know how to cook. I do have to interject that I love Dushka and I would totally want her as my life coach because she seems like she's pretty to the point to have her just follow me around and be like, life's not fair. I loved her. I thought she was so great. She just made me laugh. Now, in that entire debacle of a dinner service, I feel like her presence there was the silver lining for me. It really was. <laughs> just like, I don't do lobster. I do meat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure you do meat either, Dushka. <laughs> but... <laughs> so Jennifer, do you have any questions for me? Okay. Yes, I do. So it's kind of a three-part question, but it's very, you know, all matches. Um, so since you were part of the OG crew, a below deck and you have seen it succeed. Describe the the emotions that you've gone through seeing how popular the show has gotten. And do you feel like you're a part of the below deck family, the Bravo family, since you were on the first season and haven't returned, you know, multiple seasons? And do you reach out to any new cast members before, during, or after their season? 
Okay. One, I am still very proud of the franchise. I think that it's amazing what it has done. And I'm still proud of what I did to contribute to it from the beginning. It was really difficult. You know, I spent almost four years helping to put that together before my show got to air. And it took about a year and a half for them to edit my show after we filmed it because they weren't quite sure what they wanted until they had it. And so that was a real emotional roller coaster. Watching what happened afterwards and realizing that my type of personality is not what they wanted. I, at first, I was a little bummed out about that because not only myself, but the rest of my cast were pretty sure that I was going to go back. And then when it turned out that that wasn't the case, I was pretty bummed about it at first. And now looking back on it, realizing the personality that they did want that was never going to be me, I'm glad that they didn't bring me back because that was never going to be who I was. I wasn't there to make anybody feel bad about themselves or bully anybody or just in general and, and make the guests feel uncomfortable. You know, that was the, the opposite of what I was trying to do there. And I wasn't wholeheartedly successful with my own crew. However, it was a pretty difficult situation. So looking at it now, I'm extremely proud of what it's become. I'm so excited for the new franchises. I loved Hannah and watching her. I've become friends with her out of this. I've become friends with a lot of the other cast members. Tiffany is one of my best friends. Tiffany from Below Deck Med Season 1 is one of my best friends. You know, we've been to each other's weddings and all that kinds of fun stuff. And I've become really close with some other ones. There's also cast members that I recommended for the show that ended up being used. Chandler is one of them. And there's a handful of others that I've put forward through the casting for Below Deck. So that's kind of exciting. And I've always got my eye open for people that I think would be good for it. So you never know. This upcoming season, I am friends with a couple of the people on the show. And to be honest with you, the yachting community is small enough that every now and again, I'm surprised by people who end up on the show. But for the most part, I know in advance if they're even teasing the idea. A lot of people contact me in advance of the show actually beginning to film and say, do you think I should do this? What's your advice? And my advice is almost always the same. Just be who you are and don't be a drunken monkey for six weeks and you should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do talk to quite a lot of the cast members and several of the new ones and they're all lovely. I'm super excited for all of them. I think this is gonna be a great adventure for them and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. And one of the other really cool aspects of the show is the promotion that it gives you as a person and the networking ability that it builds for you innately and then what you do with it afterwards. Like we mentioned, Hannah and her classes and her businesses that are parallel to it, you know, offshoots of that that she's been able to do. I love what other cast members have done with it to be able to build their careers too. Colin from Below Deck Med is now doing casting for the show, which is really fun. So I think it's really interesting to see what people have done with it when they maximize what the potential of it is. And I think that's a lot of fun. And I'm trying to help kind of mentor some of the newer cast members into doing things to help themselves too, mm -hmm. so that they can reap the benefits of the effort that they put into it. Did I answer all the questions? I think you did. Yes. Thank you. I know that was kind of a heavy question, but I was, I just try to put myself in your shoes sometimes and like, 
you know, this, this show is just so popular and it's just so cool to be a part of something like that. And as a super fan, I feel like great about it, you know, so I can only imagine what you feel. And I think that just really cool that you're still engaged with it. And, you know, well, as a fellow super fan, I do have to say that it made me very, very happy to see that when you pull up below deck on Peacock TV, uh, my co-host Mug is the picture that they use. So she is still very much a part of the below deck universe <laughs> as far as Peacock goes. I was like, hey, I just talked to her on the phone. <laughs> well, thank you for this. I am... Again, grateful that you took the time to chat with us and we look forward to doing many more of these interviews with super fans just like yourself. And Wonderful. to get a hold of us, to reach out, all you have to do is either email us at gangplankreport at gmail.com and you can get us on Twitter or IG. Both of them are gangplankreport, all one word. So you can reach us there and maybe you can be the next Jennifer. Yes. And can I give a shout out to a group course? That I'm in mm -hmm. is called Fish Sesh. So I'm a huge fish fan, which is a band that tours the country and mm -hmm. has been around for years. Yeah. And the uh, super fans of Bravo and um, have created a Facebook group and we just have so much fun with it. We've gotten a lot of cameos done for our group and it's just super fun to mix my two worlds because those are pretty much the two things that I talk about the most is fish and Bravo. So I'm going to give a shout out to those ladies. Awesome. Hi ladies. Thank hey. you for being Bravo fans and right. fish fans. I like fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit in my era. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in with us and we will catch you next week for episode three of Blow Deck Med. Have a great week. Thanks. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below, original music and lyrics by Angel Twitter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Cast off, me hearties.